0: Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hi everyone and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast with me Chris Tuck and... Hello there, I'm Beverly Ann and today's episode is 27. Woo woo! And we are speaking about taking stock. What does that mean to you, Bev? Um, I think the important thing is,
1: I don't know about you, Chris, but when people think about recovery, sometimes there's this misunderstanding that you do six sessions or you do, you know, 12 sessions, and once you've done that, you feel great and you think that's it. I, you know, I I've battled some layers. I know where I am I know who I am and you go along living life and you have changed some of your self-care and you understand your boundaries etc but sometimes we are misunderstanding it and it's like a relationship as we were saying earlier any relationship you need to keep maintaining it and we're talking about relationship with self and sometimes even though you and I, let's be honest, you and I, even though we're professionals as well and we know how to take care of ourselves and where recovery is really important to us. There are times that we need to take stock because life happens.
0: Yeah. And I think um, just to go back a little bit, <clears throat> if you haven't even recognised that you need help and support, when you do reach out through the statutory system, you are often offered six sessions, 12 sessions, maybe um, more than that if you go through a charity, but that's just the beginning. It really is. And I think like you said, many people think that once they get this intervention, that it's gonna sort them out and sort them out for life. And in our experience, that's just not the case. That's why we speak about a journey, don't we? And we're we're speaking about um, working actively towards health and wellness on a day-to-day basis and that it's not an end destination. It is the journey that's important.
1: Absolutely, and it's understanding that because I know sometimes when I think back to before i'd actually started if somebody had said to me oh it's going to take longer than i'd be like oh that sounds like hard hard work and i haven't got the energy for that i'm just about keeping myself my head above water if if i'm able to do that let alone you're now telling me it's going to be really hard but i think what's important is when we break it down it's about understanding that it's steps so the interventions that we we've Taken taking part in at the beginning were fantastic and it was a learning and it was great but there's always more but it doesn't mean say it has to be challenged all the time what it is it becomes easier to some extent only because you're understanding that it's a process you're understanding what's happening in your body you're understanding sometimes that you know what something's happened in my life I need to allow myself to grieve. I need to allow myself to have tears because if I feel them, I can release them and let's see what's on the other side. Whereas, you know, I've said before many a time, there was a time where I was proud that I didn't ever cry. And I I see now that that was what, that was the strength that kept me going. But actually, I became too strong.
0: And I also think that a lot of us that have gone through maybe mental abuse as a child and young person, it was almost well, it was for me anyway i I got basically got told that crying was a weakness, and that if I cried, they would give me something to cry for. and yeah. I know that that's been said to many victim and survivors and individuals that don't identify as a victim or survivor um that And that kind of um, narrative that you were fed becomes your reality and you then suppress those emotions. And when we're talking about now masculinity as well, um, there's a a societal-wide perception that men shouldn't cry and that's just the wrong message that we've been giving out to them for centuries and basically everyone has the right to feel whatever that emotion is to deal with that emotion so they don't suppress it and become ill with it or buy it absolutely and i
1: think what's really important here to talk about as well is the fact that not everybody identifies um, certain behavior as abuse and did you know there's actually a scientific gene that some children or some people um, are born with which makes them more sensitive, it's actually called a sensitive gene. So that's why you can have two children in the same environment, and one child is more sensitive to the other about what's going on around them. And often the messages they're hearing is stop overreacting, stop crying, don't be so dramatic. And and that's where um, it can feel abusive because, oh my my sibling didn't react in that way but this is how it came to me and that's okay and that's where sometimes people are afraid of the word abuse because they're afraid that if they say it that they're being disloyal to the family to the family traditions especially if they they love their parents and that's always a challenge we know that so
0: but again if you're saying like you know two children growing up in a loving nurturing caring environment um, and then those kinds of things are said to me that might be psycho- psychologically harming to the child that is sensitive but to me that it's not like the abuse that I suffered or the abuse that you suffered but it can still be harmful to that child so even if they don't want to name it or label it as abuse because you know my parents or my caregivers were really nice and da, 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 um, it still had an impact on them so I think even if we don't want to call it abuse because when you look at abuse as we experience it yeah. um, they may not put it on the same level um, but it's still the impact on that person And I think that's
1: what we need to address. Absolutely. And maybe they're the words when we talk about the impact of trauma.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, um, because when people have stress and anxiety, we don't want people to think, oh, if I tell someone I've got stress and anxiety, that I was abused necessarily. And so I think you've highlighted that really well because stress and anxiety is our body, or especially anxiety is our body responding to stress around us, but it's often mirroring experiences of feeling under duress, trauma, when we were younger. And I think that's important for us all to be aware of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we were sort of like talking about taking stock and saying that it's a journey of healing. It's not an end destination and that it can take a lot of work and any relationship unfortunately takes work to become positive and beneficial for both parties in that relationship and you spoke about relationship with self so that's still a relationship with yourself um, that needs work so it's like taking stock can be at the beginning of your journey in the middle or even if you're on an even keel and everything's going really hunky dory for you um but you might just become stuck by something and it's just sort of like taking stock wherever it is you find yourself what would you say to yourself if you're taking stock for yourself well i'll be you know this podcast is about being
1: authentic and we yes. share about our lived experiences personal experiences and professional and you know, I, I'm, there's a few things that I've been doing in my own life or been involved with in my own life, both personally and professionally. And I just feel that every time I come up, there's a wall. It's stuck. It's stuck. And I, about two weeks ago, <laughs> it was two weeks ago, I remember being on a walk and literally tapping into how I was feeling and lifting my eyes up to the sky saying, Universe, what is it that you want from me? What do you want me to learn? What is it that I'm doing? I'm really trying so hard. And that word, I suddenly realised, oh, you're trying that hard, are you? Think about that. And when I came back, I wrote about that. And I realised, are you actually thinking about what's right for you? And are you trying to hold too much together? And when I looked at it like that, I thought, yeah, I was becoming a little bit headless. And then by writing it down about it, I realized that I'd been triggered by a couple of personal things that were happening. And when that happens, we go into that, I'm going to say control mode. And we've spoken about this before, but trying to do everything and keep it controlled and smooth and, you know, not letting like the, the plates, you know, the plates that they have on the sticks spinning yeah yeah and it was as I said those words I realized I was trying to get all these plates and do you know what sometimes some of those plates have to drop
0: (laughs) yeah for you to realize that you you're just doing too much yes yeah so
1: that then really made me reevaluate. okay so what are you doing for yourself at the moment because you need to be able to you need to be giving yourself a little bit more. Hence today I went to a gong bath. Ooh, what's that then? Well, it's something that I will have said years ago when I was starting my journey. <laughs> As we know, the the story about meditation when someone tried to teach me meditation, it was a huge trigger for me. I couldn't do it. I was having to sit still, close my eyes, be in the room, um. And with other people, in that case, it happens to be a man, but being in a place where there's other people with my eyes shut, there's no way I can just switch off because my third ear is always on alert. Whereas now, this is where when we um, are able to take stock, when I laid down today, because I went with my husband, actually, he came along to see what it's like. He said, you should be laying on your back. And I'd actually, without thinking, had got under the covers and I'd laid on my side and I realised I was sort of in the fetal position. And I Mm -hmm. said to him, no, actually, it's okay. They're guidelines, but actually, I feel comfortable this way. And then once it got into it, I was listening to the gongs and and tapping into the gongs. And actually, I felt a couple of tears coming down the side. Not that I was distressed, but then it made me go inwards and think, so what is it that my young girl's feeling? And it wasn't anything bad. It was because I was actually in a safe place. I was actually able to remember some lovely experiences and that where we were, the hall that we were in, reminded me of being a young age in a nice environment. And there was a little bit of grief there happiness and grief, but instead of being fearful of it and shutting it down, it was, I allowed it to come out. And then in time, that was actually uncomfortable. And then I moved around and I was on my back and just enjoying the sound going through my body. And it was then when I stood up, I thought, wow, I would have been fighting of that years ago. So that really helped me to take stock and see how far i've come and how sometimes i would have suppressed all my feelings and i would have got busier and busier and busier as
0: i became more and more stressed (laughs) just like me (laughs) 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 that's my standard default you know uh stress overwhelm all oh, right just make yourself more and more busy more and more stress and more and more overwhelmed so you know through my therapy um taking stock for myself I've obviously learned that I'm a fixer and um again it's not a bad thing but you can go too much the other way and just give so much of yourself that um it's just exhausting and I think because I've been doing it well I feel I've been doing it since the age of seven and even before that I remember cleaning the fire yeah when my mum and dad were having a row and because then they came and said well done that fire looks really gleaming and it seemed to calm them down I got into a pattern of diffusing situations by people pleasing because I pleased my parents in that incident And then I got praised and it calmed the whole situation down. So that seemed to be, for me, a learning that if I carried on doing that, then everything else would be okay in life. Yes. So I am the one that always steps in and tries to calm the waters. If someone's upset about something, but it's not directly me at fault, but if it's aimed at me by whatever inference... I take it on board and I feel like, oh, my goodness, um, what can I do to help them ease their pain, sort out their lives? And my counsellor said, it ain't your issue. You don't need to step in and try and fix everything and fix everybody. It's not you. So she said, I've got to start separating my emotions Um And be able to distance myself. So, again, it is boundaries, but I feel like I'm good at putting boundaries in place. But it's trying not to be empathetic about everything, trying not to put a personal slant to everything. So people have got a right to be angry at certain things, and I don't need to take that on board because it's not my stuff, basically. And I think lots of us take on, yeah? Yeah. And then it makes us start to validate ourselves as people, our worth, our self-esteem and all of that. So um, at the moment I'm taking stock about all of that and I shall be working on myself because I obviously, it can be crippling, can't it Bev? Yeah. So to move forward in a more safe space for me, There's going to be more and more criticism coming, I'm sure, because of the work that we're involved in. You know, we're trying to create change to better protect children. And some people don't like that. And I'm not going to go into it, but for whatever reason, they don't like you doing the work that you're doing. Um, so there's always criticism coming at you. So I need to almost be able to put up a, a wall to protect myself but still keep moving forward with self-intact.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I think that's
1: where the hard work comes in. Yeah. Because it's about balance. And we talk about balance, but I remember. Bloody balance. I know, but I remember, <laughs> because even hearing yourself, you know, everything you say, absolutely, absolutely. Uh-uh absolutely there want to make it right for everyone because we know how it feels when it's horrible we want to be you know but that's where now it's like directing it to ourselves a bit so when we learn to disassociate and push down our emotions and shut off we do that to the extreme because that's you know we know that that's where we're going we're going forward we're gonna just keep going and we learn to do that naturally as a child So then when we're learning about having a relationship with ourselves we naturally have empathy and we want to fix it but that's where the balance comes in because it's like okay I now need to choose to disassociate from some of those emotions Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things I found really challenging in my journey. And that's why taking stop for me is always important because when I find myself becoming too emotionally involved in, you know, especially family stuff, that's the hardest part. Yeah. You know, as a mum, as a, you know, a wife, as a sister, you know, even as a friend, sometimes we want to make it better. Yeah. But that's where, The balance its like, hold on, where are you? What are you doing for yourself? If you're not careful and you're trying to fix it for everyone, what we do, we disable them.
0: We disable that that person.
1: Absolutely. And we don't mean to. No. We're enablers. We want to enable them in a positive way, not disable them and take away their choice. So for me, that is the challenge and the hard part.
0: Yeah. As you said, when it comes to family and really close friends, because you know what it feels like, you don't want them to go through the same, but sometimes they have to go through that bit of pain in order to grow themselves, in order to empower themselves, in order to learn how to deal with the different situations that they're gonna come up against in life. And if you just step in all of the time, they're never going to get that learning or us we're never going to get that learning if we always have someone to step in to our space and take over or take the situation out of our hands and I think the best thing you can do is just be there with holding the hand and supporting but not actually you can't do the work I have to do the work for myself you have to do the work for yourself whatever that Happens to be. Um, and that's where the growth and the empowerment and the self-esteem and the self-worth gets rebuilt.
1: Yes. And sometimes learning, and this is the hard one, you said something so prevalent. You know, you got praise for cleaning something. So you, you did it all the more. Right. Yeah. Because there are times when you were being receiving messages that weren't loving. Now Here's another one talking about balance. We don't want to hear those horrible things. We heard them as children. We don't want to be called liars or thought of in a bad way. And yet we can try and do as much as we want, trying to please everyone, but we can't. So what we have to become comfortable with is learning to be comfortable with not being liked a little bit. Yeah. Or someone not
0: agreeing with us. Yeah, completely. Not agreeing with us. Not liking us and basically dissing you as well from yes. time to time and that's that's hard that's vulnerable that's well, really that's vulnerable. hard for anybody even if absolutely. you absolutely like loving caring like environment it's hard for anybody to hear criticism isn't it yeah so that's where I remember
1: once um so I got divorced I was living with my children they were young children both my children had been given the opportunity to go on holiday one with a friend one with their nan and I had the opportunity to fly to America with my friend because her sister lived out there and worked for an airline so it was costing me next to nothing and I remember one day she said to me so Beverly we really need to make a decision because we've got to get these tickets booked do you want to come or not I said let me call you back and I went for a walk because I was like (gasps) Oh, I don't know. And it's like, and then I had to talk to myself, what do you mean? You don't know, do you want to go or don't you want to, well, I do want to go. But what happens like if one of my children are not well, Beverly, even if you're not in the country, does it mean allow them to have that space? You don't have to sit there the whole time worrying about them. And when I finally found the courage and it did take courage to say yes. There was that fear of judgment of other people. Do you know what? If I get scared now, I go back to that experience and I think nothing happened. In fact, it was a fantastic adventure and I learned so much more about myself. So when things come to an end, you know, it's like the further you get along to your journey, you'll always be frightened for a while, but the fear stops crippling you. It's like, okay, I hear the fear. I'm feeling the fear, but do you know what? What if I did dare to dream or did dare to do that?
0: What if, what if
1: it worked out?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we often talk about, don't we, that comfort zone. And that's a classic example of, oh, it's a bit outside my comfort zone. I'm not quite sure what's gonna happen. Um, but you can, again, choose to stay within your comfort zone and not experience something that could be truly magical or something that may not go quite right for you. But for me, stepping outside the comfort zone is where the magic happens, because either way, whether it goes well or not, it's a learning experience and you will always have that learning experience where if, if you stay within your comfort zone, you just, to me, it almost becomes part of being stuck. Yeah and sadly that's where fear keeps you because you know
1: even in scientific um, um, tests and trials you know when they've done that with animals you know they they have a, a cage two cages of animals and one cage has been nurtured, loved, brought up in an environment and the other cage has been neglected they've not been they've been starved they've you know, been separated from each other. And when they open the doors to the cages, the, the people that have been nurtured and and loved, you know, and they're not fearful of change, go, and they don't come back. And sadly, the, the animals that have been neglected and have learned that this is a way of living, they have found their way of coping. They know how to live that life. And they're so fearful of what could happen is they don't actually leave that environment and that we see a long time and that's hard when you're a fixer to see because you want to go into that other cage of those and say no come on come on
0: yeah yeah and another thing I wanted to speak about today about taking stock is um just that example that you've just used where for example my mum as you know, I've shared it before. She was abused as a child herself. She went into domestic violence relationships and she was an abuser herself as well. Um, and there's lots of complexities around all of that. But I often would go back home to, to the home that I hated. I didn't want to be there, but I would go back and try and rescue her. I would I would say... I can get you out. All you've got to do, you tell me you want to leave and I will get you out of here and I will pay for a deposit on a flat and we'll get you living and we we'll rebuild those relationships with your children. And I'm sure everyone will come back and speak to you and you can build those relationships. Da, 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 da. She never took me up on it because she couldn't. No, um, and that's hard. For whatever reason, yeah, she felt she couldn't. But she also said to me in the end that she deserved it again very cryptic yeah she said that to me quite a few times um but it's just like i also want to sort of like speak out to other people that find themselves in a similar situation you know ask yourself why are you still in a situation that is not beneficial for you that is not enabling you to grow that is not enabling you to live a life to your full potential and ask yourself the question, if someone really truly loved you and cared for you, would they not want the best for you? Like me for you, Bev, you're my friend. I want the best for you. I'm not going to hold you back. I'm not going to be horrible to you or abusive to you. I want to see you fly. I want to see you get everything that you want. So some, if you're in a relationship, whatever that is at work, in the home environment um why would that person not want the same for you so if you're not getting that and you know you would give it to your friend why are you not giving it to yourself just ask yourself those questions because those questions will start setting you free because
1: until you're in a reciprocal relationship and and it does start with us you know if we're giving to others and we're not giving ourselves, that's not reciprocal. So if we're giving to ourselves and giving to others, that's reciprocal. But if the other person is just taking and not giving back, it's not healthy. And it's something we all have to learn. You know, I've been in, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to say unhealthy, but it was abusive relationship, really unhealthy. But I learned after that, it got to uh, when the red flags came up, this isn't right for me thank you very much I'm moving on you don't have to be
0: horrible but it's finding that way is this right for me and again there's no judgment because we know plenty of people that are in um, domestic violent coercive controlling relationships so this is no judgment but I just want you to start asking yourselves the questions what is it you want what is it you're getting do they align if not What do you want to do about it? What can you do about it? And if you need that help and support, you need to reach out to the many organizations out there that are there to help you get out of that situation that you're in. Yes, and if you
1: don't know where to go to, there's lots of different places. Even email us, breakingthecycle2stepforward at gmail.com. We're not saying we can fix it, but we can maybe signpost you towards a couple of options. Um, And that's always important because until we're able to verbalise that we we're looking for support, people don't know. I mean, I've been very lucky. I had a woman put a leaflet in my hand. Now I look back and I wish I could go back and thank her years ago. I know not everybody would do that. Some people become very defensive and attack And I say attack, like, verbally, not necessarily physically. And they want to keep away from you. It's a horrible feeling. But do you know what? Sometimes that's the right thing as well. Because you need to allow them to have their space to live their life. And then you concentrate on your own life too.
0: And all we can do, so if you are finding that you are a helper, a fixer, like me and Bev, and it's taken too much out of you, then you're going to have to learn to step back. And it is so difficult. But you need to do it for your own sanity. If you're finding that you need help and support, um, but you're not quite there yet, think about what life would be like if you wasn't in your current situation. If you dared dream about what your life would look like, if you are taking stock right now what is it you actually tangibly want is your life that you're living right now in alignment with that and if not how can you work towards it so it might not necessarily be you're in an abusive relationship you might be in just a relationship that needs a bit of TLC it needs a bit of a, a kick up the backside a little bit of um input from both of you to make the relationship work just take stop and just go right what is it I want what is it we want as a couple what is it we want as a family so whatever it is you do need to just sit down reflect work forwards to what it is to look at what it is you want and then work backwards and put the steps in place to get there
1: yeah and before we go my last saying on that would be also be aware of those small things that you do they are so important so for me when I clean my teeth, you know I look in the mirror now I'm looking at myself nurturing my myself using my toothbrush I'm looking after my gums I'm looking after my mouth so important um I'm you know today coming to here I'm feeling a bit chilly so, I've got my cup of tea and I'm enjoying it. I'm holding it. You know, I'm not just drinking about it. Even I'm not just drinking without thinking about it, even though we're talking, it's making me feel nice. It sounds so simple, but they are the important parts. That's all part of the learning.
0: But that's all part of grounding as well, isn't it? And being in touch with the, the here and the now, because when you're not doing that, if you're disassociating because of, environment that you're in or the situation that you're in that you can't do these things um then it's about maybe if you want to start with something small work towards what you've just described notice the small things notice how it makes you feel so that you can get comfort from anything even if the situation that you're in is out of your control you've got a little bit of control because no one can take everything from you. No one can take your imagination away from you, for example. Absolutely.
1: And the reason why I say these things is because two weeks ago, I suddenly realised that I wasn't actually thinking about what cup I was using or what I was drinking. I was doing it. It It's like my meals, I was eating them, but I wasn't necessarily thinking, oh, what am I going to eat? You know, what we get. So that's why I'm just... You know we're talking about taking stock and it's good to be able to share this so other people can listen to us and think oh oh okay and it's those yeah. light bulb moments
0: yeah so, i mean sorry when i go to the cupboard i always try and select my blue cup because it makes me feel happy i've got my blue hat I, and i'm just sitting here like just you know just touching it because it's grounding me it makes me feel happy But I noticed, like you, Bev, as I said at the beginning of this, I am absolutely exhausted at the moment, and it's going to take me to have a proper break to get myself back on an even keel. However, the food that I've been eating the last couple of days, I've just noticed that I'm not tasting it. It's going straight in, straight down, and then I'm like, I feel ill. Um, So there's a lot of stuff going on in my body at the moment, and it takes time. For the body to sort itself out subconsciously lots of things mm. are going on so I'm trying to tap into it I'm trying to change things but sometimes it's really difficult it, you need the time to allow it to sort itself out mm-hmm. so you've got to listen and give yourself that time
1: yeah and thank you for sharing that, Chris, because it, it, you know, it shows that we're all human beings. Yeah. So for yeah. me, as we know, pink is <laughs> one of my favourite colours and hearts and things like that. I have got white on or normally I'd have a bright coloured scarf. It's just different ways. And it is those things that once we start doing them, they become every day and then become we can think about the other things. So we have run over the 30 minutes as usual. Oh, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we say 30 minutes ish. Yeah. So, last words, Chris, before we go, because we do have to say goodbye.
0: No matter where you are on your journey, and it is a journey, not an end destination, you have to take stock. You have to reflect and you have to just sort of like work out are you going near your? end goal that you've set yourself whatever that happens to be or have you veered off course and do you need to reset the direction of where you're going where you're traveling to yeah thank you thank you and my last
1: word is just remember to navigate back to yourself when you find yourself wanting to help everyone else just give yourself a little bit of time love and nurture and um that's important as we take stock along our recovery journey
0: if anything we've said today resonates with you guys just comment below wherever you're hearing this podcast um and we'd love for you to get in touch it would be great to know what you want us to speak about in the future and we'd love for you to download and share and tell everybody about our podcast because as we said we are on number 27 now and um, yeah, we'd love to take these conversations to a new level, really.
1: Absolutely. And whilst, before we go, just to remind people, you can find us on YouTube, Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward. We're also available on most podcast platforms, Apple, iTunes, Google, Alexa. So find us and you can also find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn, Twi- Twitter, LinkedIn. Well LinkedIn we don't have our own breaking the cycle page. Well at the moment. Yes. <laughs> but Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann, you can find us on
0: LinkedIn and you can find us on Instagram. Lovely. So we've got to wrap this up now. We'll see you next time everyone. Bye for okay. now. Bye bye.